What is up, internets? Welcome to the Randy King Live podcast, episode 26. Hey everyone, welcome back. We're back on a regular rotation of the Randy King Live podcast. We released an episode last week with Joe Saunders, even though the filming wasn't correct, but we got to figure it out today. Uh, we got Robin in the middle of the screen, so hopefully we don't get the Phantom of the Opera style thing that happened. Also, you might notice I have a little bit of a better ring light this time. The studio is upgrading. We're not quite in our suite yet, but uh, we're still producing the content. So this week we have another interesting debate for you. Before we get into the debate and before my guest Robin introduces himself, I just want to go over the the format of the show one more time. And I know we do it every episode, but I don't know what episode you're joining us on. And if you don't know the format, I can come across as quite a D-bag in a lot of these conversations. So the way the, way the podcast works very simply is this is a debate-based podcast, not an argument-based podcast. So the way it works is myself and my guests have agreed upon a topic. And on that topic, we have picked a side, so pro or con. We are going to be debating our side of the topic, not our thoughts, not our feelings, not our theories, just trying to win on the pure debate side of this. In order to make sure that works, a couple of rules are in place. Rule number one is we start as friends, we leave as friends. So I met Robin this year in person. We knew each other in the internet space for a while, but I met Robin in person at Violet Dynamics UK. He said he wanted to come on the show. He brought a great debate topic. And if you want to be on the show, just bring me a topic and you can be on the show. So we started as friends, we leave as friends. Uh, to keep that going, I sent ahead of time the 15 logic fallacies that we use for this show. Now, there are more logic fallacies. This is the biggest feedback that I get. Yes, there are more logic fallacies. But the reason <coughs> I like these ones in particular are because they keep the conversation going. So pretty much the basic rule is if a logic fallacy ends a conversation, it cannot be used. If myself or my guest catches what if we catch each other in a logic fallacy, we have to call them on it. We then take a page out of Rory Miller's conflict communication book. We take a deep breath. We apologize sincerely for doing the logic fallacy. And then we secede our turn in the debate. If you want to know what those 15 logic fallacies are, feel free to jump to episode one when I walk them out pretty clearly. Also, because we're going to be in the middle of a debate, and as I mentioned to Robin as he mocked me, I didn't really prepare for this one. So I'm going to be focusing, <laughs> I'm going to be focusing so much on the debate, I might miss a logic fallacy. If you, the listeners, hear a logic fallacy, shoot me a message with the time it appeared at. If I agree with you, if I can't out-debate that it wasn't a logic fallacy, if I agree with you, then I will pay for my crime in push-ups while promoting something for you. So I'll promote your school, your gym, your detox tea, whatever you want, I'll throw it out there while I'm doing push-ups to pay for the punishment. So uh, now to understand how the show works, it's a 20-minute debate. Uh, Robin will get a four minute, up to four minute opening statement. And we continue from there. After 20 minutes is over, we jump to final thoughts. What's final thoughts you say? Well, final thoughts is uh, only on my Patreon, behind the $5 tier. It is where we come back together. So during the free podcast here, we're debating our point. When we go to the uh, final thoughts, we're actually talking about our feelings, thoughts, emotions, et cetera. And we also kind of talk about, it's a debrief of the debate, right? Like, where'd you go wrong? What's going on? And it usually lasts about 20 to 30 minutes. So it's pretty much a separate podcast on the same topic. So uh, I'm done talking for a bit. Robin, why don't you tell the people who you are? Hi, Randy. Hi, Internets. Sorry to steal your catchphrase. It's <laughs> really out of order. Um, so everybody, this is... Randy scraping the barrel. Everybody else who's been on this show has been 
has had experience, has had uh, as, a, as a teacher um, in some really interesting real world stuff. I would say if this is your first podcast, go back and listen to the other ones because there's some really fantastic people on there. Um, I uh, really enjoy martial arts. I really enjoy scrapping with people, which is different from martial arts sometimes, but that's another podcast. Um, and I've been quite interested in the stuff that uh, Randy does and the stuff that people who he works with have done, as well as having other kind of interests. Um, also, I like the sound of my own voice and I enjoy having a debate and I've really enjoyed uh, Randy's things. So um, take my opinions with a, a pinch of salt, but please enjoy. Awesome. So uh, I think it's really cool. And this is what people understand about the show. This show is not a personality driven show. It's a topic driven show and everybody's opinion makes a difference. That's why you're on. So we're not scared to the bottom of the barrel. You have no <laughs> idea. If I could show you, I'm not going to say on the show, but how many big names have turned this down because they're too mm. scared to debate. So you, you know what? You're brave. You're a brave guy. It's I've got nothing on the line though. Other people have the <laughs> reputations. Me, That's nobody true. cares what I have to say. This is going to be your lowest rated show, Randy. <laughs> oh, we'll see. There's pretty low rated shows. All right, cool. So we will get started. So the topic we agreed upon was, uh, is there a place for bullying in training? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's I'm happy with that topic. Okay. What side of the debate are you taking? I am going to take the controversial stance of pro. There is a place for bullying in training. Awesome. So I will take the way more PC side of there's no place for bullying ever. How dare you, sir? So uh, I will obviously that kind of shows my final thoughts on the process, but uh, I will be taking the con side. So what we're going to do is we're going to start the debate now. Robin, you have up to four minutes to start with your opening statement. Go. So... My point is very controversial. I will be the first person to say it. Um, I would say there is a place for bullying in training. However, only if you define bullying within certain parameters. Bullying is necessarily seen as a negative thing. So the, the very word itself is, is pejorative. It is a bad thing. However, if you, and the definitions of bullying I've found include a power imbalance, that it's a repeated action uh, and that there's an intent to hurt physically or emotionally. So if you're going to turn around and say the classic bullying situation, as in I want to make that other person feel like crap, I want to harm them, I want to drag them down, then no, there is no place for bullying in training. However, power imbalance, where have you seen that before? In any student instructor relationship. Yeah, uh, that it's a repeated situation. If you have somebody come back, then there is that power imbalance played out over time. Now, hopefully in the most progressive schools, that power imbalance ends up evening out. But for a lot of people and in a lot of still very good schools, that never changes. Your, your teacher is always your teacher. Your student is always your student. The only way you have somebody lower on in, that you like, who's lower in status is when those people who have come in fresh to the system. And finally, your intent to hurt physically or emotionally. Now, Rory, his definition, uh, or one of the definitions of training is an emotionally safe place to do physically dangerous things, which involves people getting hurt, not damaged, but hurt, yeah? Or a physically safe place to do emotionally dangerous things. Now, both of those could be construed as bullying potentially. They are things that people are not hoping for. 
things that people would not necessarily seek. They might seek because they're looking to make themselves stronger, but they're not pleasant things. They're not things that if you were to walk in the street and you were to look at that person or look at that situation, you think, ah, this is wonderful. Yeah. There are times I'm guessing, particularly when you have an established relationship with people that actually you're going to be pushing them beyond their comfort zone and in a way that they have not necessarily previously given consent for that you could potentially call bullying. There's a difference between eustress and de-stress. So everybody's familiar with the, the term distress. Um, it's a, a negative form of stress. Well, there's, there's stress and there's de-stress, which is a negative form. Eustress is like defined as stress that you can then learn from. Yeah, and the main difference is if there's something that's come to like a, a positive conclusion or if you've come to, to find a lesson from it, then you can grow and that can make you more than you were. Yeah. So while bullying as an express thing to cause somebody harm is a horrible thing, um, causing distress in people is something that has or can, if done in a responsible way, can have a profoundly changing effect. As you talked about with Malcolm, I think a lot of what we're talking about is going to tread over similar things. Also, if we're talking about, and this is my last little like cheeky 30 point. seconds, 20 seconds. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> If uh, if we're talking about does it have any place in training, well, in certain forms of training, bullying is a massive feature. For example, the Marine Corps. It's a fantastic way of bonding people. It's a fantastic way of taking people outside and of where they usually are and making them feel like if they survive, that they are far more capable than they were before. Awesome. Great start to the topic. So uh, I'm going to pick apart the way you structure argument first, and then I'm going to talk about some things second. So number one, the topic is, uh, is there a place for bullying in training? You just, most of your opening statement was just saying where you believe bullying could already exist in training. That doesn't prove the positive or the negative. That just says it's kind of already there. So mm. I think that the core of the debate is, should it be there or should it not be there? If that makes sense. Uh, the thing that changes this dynamic for me. So the definition of bullying that I use is bullying is exactly what you said. And the difference between bullying and harassment is harassment includes anything that is racial, orientational, or like divisional. So harassment, there's no place for. So I'm going to agree with your point on bullying, but I want the listeners to understand that harassment is not included in bullying. And so okay. that is not part of this discussion. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the issue with every, with most of the things you say, which I totally agree with, because let's go back to, uh, back to front. So Marine Corps. Yes, the Marine Corps does use a form of bullying to get good results, but the structure in place is what makes it not bullying. Bullying is organic power differential with no e exit strategy for the person being bullied. The bully, the bully always wants to keep that person down. So in my debate for this is I don't think there is a place for bullying. There's a place for bully-like tactics in a structure of an exit strategy, but there mm -hmm. is no place for pure bullying, which is just, I have more power over you and I will use that against you. Now, lots of martial arts club have the bullying I'm describing, where they mm. bully you and keep you down forever. Those are horrific places to train and they're the places that we don't want people to go to. So I don't think there's a place for bullying in training, but I think there is a place if done correctly, you can use bully-esque strategies with a 
transparent exit plan in order to make that happen. Rob. Right. Okay. The transparent exit plan. Does that always exist? Is that something that is necessary? Yeah, it is necessary to be absolutely honest. <laughs> okay. Um, so what you're talking about is bullying with the express purpose of enhancing the bullies either their self-image or their status within the group or sure. whatever they're using, whether they're a sadistic individual or whatever. So that bullying, that can't be part of it. I don't see how the difference between bullying and harassment actually actually plays out there. If you see sure. what I mean? Yeah, I do. So, so go ahead, sorry. So the definition or the defining thing when we were saying about harassment is that it is to do with orientation is to do with uh, racial characteristics that sort of a thing that obviously is pretty out of the pale but it's the motivation behind that the intent to harm the other person that yeah. particularly makes it out of the pale right that, that particularly sets it apart um and in the same way as you're saying that harassment is out of uh, out of what we can consider to be acceptable, cool. then that that those same properties make the bullying that you're you're describing the whole sort of like I will make you less of who you are, which is entirely the opposite of what training should be. That I, yes. it's, it puts it into the same category as the harassment, okay, as far sure. as I'm concerned. Okay. So if you're saying that is the definition of bullying, I have no argument. Okay. But I'm saying if it's bullying or bullying as strategies. Yeah. Okay. So I have a little bit of a technical argument in that sure. bullying does work. It does have a place in training if you have people for six weeks and you need to bond them and you need them to go to the front line and you need them to be more bonded with the individuals that they're with uh, and that they have to then have the bravery because the, the classic thing and I don't know if there's a scientific study behind it but the classic thing is when somebody's shooting at you you don't fight for mom you don't fight for country you fight to look to be to have the acceptance of the people around you yeah, mm -hmm. and therefore your motivation is entirely dependent on how well you're bonded, how much you care about what the other people around you think. So bullying does have a place in training. Um, it has a place in rapid training to get people to go out and kill other people. That's not what we're talking about. So that's a technicality. I'm not even looking to win an argument on a technicality. In terms of whether there is a place for uh, for deliberately using for deliberately intending to drag somebody down, then that's the opposite of making somebody stronger. So I agree. The, then the bullying, that form of bullying can't exist. But the whole idea of like, so I've heard a couple of people say, oh, I really rag on my child or I really rag on my friend. So that when somebody comes up to them, when somebody is trying to overwhelm them or by saying things that they, that are horrible by breaking all the social bounds, then instead of it being a horrible day for him, it's Tuesday. Yeah. 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 That is uh, an example of that sort of that eustress, that sort of that 
causing stress that then allows you to cope with things in the real world more. Sure. Now, that's bullying-like tactics for you? Yeah. No, that, you can, we can call that bullying. I wanna, I'm just going to keep using things that you said. That's my goal right now. So uh -huh. you, 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 your goal, you said, so bullying causes harm. Bully-like tactics, the goal is not harm. Harm is a byproduct. The goal of bullying is to harm. So you kind of cherry picked your definition of bullying at the beginning. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. So you said this is the definition of bullying, and these are the mm -hmm. things that I think exist in a martial art. So, yes, those do exist. So I'm, I'm going to agree with your definition, otherwise the debate's pointless, and this isn't fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you did cherry pick. So mm -hmm. even if we do use, let's talk about bully-like tactics. We can even focus on that. So are bully-like tactics effective in it? I would say they're not as effective as people think they are, and it depends on what you're teaching. So if you're teaching, I think we said martial arts, not self-defense, so that's important. In a self-defense uh, context. We said training. Oh, we said, okay, perfect. So training in general. So let's let's make it even more broad scale. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think that the bully-like tactics, you can accomplish the same goals without using tactics that even though harm is not the goal, harm is a byproduct. There are still ways to work around it to achieve the same goal. Unfortunately, most of the people who are teaching using bully-like tactics have no other tools in their toolbox. They just mm -hmm. have that bully-like hammer. But if they spent the time to understand what the goal of the bullying was, you mm -hmm. can find a way around bully-like tactics. So there really doesn't need to be a place. Give me an example, Randy. What other tactics can you use to create that same sort of adrenaline? Or to, not even the same sort of adrenaline, to mimic some of that, that awesome. having yep. somebody... I agree. So in training, uh, if we use the definition of bullying as a power differential, then mm -hmm. the only people doing bully-like tactics or tactics that are adjacent are people with no power differential. So no higher level belts get to pick on lower level belts, but people at the same level can work within a transparent, confined strategy. So we, mm. if we remove the power dynamic, we remove the essence of bullying. Okay. So in terms of running a scenario, for example, sure. would you say that the person who is in the suit or the person who is taking the, the role is... Um, is of the same status as the person who is within the scenario. Yes, I would say like you would never want your primary contact trainer to be the person in the suit. For mm. lots of for lots of reasons, not just the bullying thing, but for the mm. if they're a good actor, then you're gonna secretly think your instructor is like that. Yeah, so, on some emotional level you're gonna start exactly. even if intellectually. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of the scenario itself, because as mm -hmm. you step into the scenario, you're taking on those roles. So yes. Blah is a mugger who has uh, is physically bigger than you and has a lot of power and you are on your own and you have to get out of. So you're intentionally recreating an imbalance of power. Yeah. yeah? And you're intentionally recreating an imbalance of power to cause that stress. So the person who is taking that role is being a bully. That's what they have to be or is inflicting that that distress upon the other person within certain boundaries. Yes. But yes. those boundaries, you almost want to push those boundaries. You want those boundaries to be there in terms of you're not going to have a full on panic attack, but you want to be pushing those boundaries out as far as possible because you are looking to recreate that situation and give somebody as much of a dry run as possible mm -hmm. in order to give them an opportunity to feel that. So it's not completely fresh when they go there. Your yeah. brain no. cannot go where it hasn't gone in training. Type yes. of thing. 
those are achieved by using nasty tactics, nasty mm-hmm. words, yeah. bad yeah. body language, going outside of all the nor- the social norms that people are going to do if they're trying mm-hmm. to, to get one over on you. Yes, I, and I agree 100% with you, but here's the distinction. You are replicating bullying. You are not mm-hmm. bullying. There's a difference. Replicating bullying for a scenario is different because you have parameters and armor and the scenario can end. Mm -hmm. Bullying is consistent. It would be in the locker room after. It would be in final thoughts. Remind me to tell you my story, my friend Yazid. I'm gonna write that down. Because I I remember the story of your friend Yazid. I had I had a very bad experience with this. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Replicating bullying in parameters where the person knows they're only being bullied to enhance the training, but they're not actually the victim of bullying is different than bullying in training. I would, I would argue. Okay, uh, this is personal experience, <clears throat> but I have come across, and this hasn't just been in training, this has been in workplaces, where you will have a general sort of atmosphere mm-hmm. that there's a very skeptical view taken of people, you know, and that if you drop your guard in certain ways, then people will pick you up on that. Sometimes in ways that are not necessarily harmful to you, but might be harmful to your ego, might be right. harmful to your pride. Might yeah. You might get a little bit of flack. It, you're getting the, the edges knocked off of you. Now, when is that bullying causing you harm? And when is that um a natural and fairly innocuous in fact potentially positive educational experience yeah. that's that's the that's defined by the victim uh not by the trauma not by the person doing it they define whether it was a positive or a negative but i mm-hmm. think the i think the key to this is the consent right you walk into scenarios with consent that you will be bullied which doesn't make it bullying right mm-hmm. they're going in not to do harm they're doing they're going to do harm but again it's a byproduct if it happens organically and continually that's when it becomes non-consensual bullying and that's when i think it actually causes harm so people do consent to go into bullying situations people yeah, that's, they side, have, side it's a really it's a really and and it's a really weird sort of you you have a place you are the bullied victim that is better than not having a place at all. You you look up to these people. However, there is another space. There is consent. So consent doesn't actually make it right or wrong. You can be sure. in a horrible situation and still technically be consenting I, to it. I agree with that. However, you can, and in fact, what people say, and I don't actually agree with this entirely, okay. Because, because you don't have to agree on the debate part. <laughs> no, 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 no. So you could turn around and say, why should bullying exist in martial arts? Everybody chooses to walk through the door. Now, that's not true because people get into weird relationships and it begins to go into the, 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 the weirdness that is all abusive relationships. Yeah. So I'm not going to try and say that that is, is the case. However, there are situations where people consent and they consent to the train because they trust the trainer is going to be able is has their best interest at heart and it has the skills as a teacher to go outside what they would the individual actions that they would personally consider are okay are fine but still maintain that respect for their integrity as an individual 
And that's what I'm talking about. That is the whole sort of, I will give you some stick. So the worst that's going to come out for you is next Tuesday. Now, the idea of an individual defining whether it's bullying or not is slightly problematic. Like I said, I've worked with kids, or I didn't say, I should have introduced. I've worked with kids. And one of the things they do turn around to is when something bad happens, the first Mm -hmm. thing they turn around to and say is, ah, he's bullying me. Yes, that's the case. I agree. But sometimes, and for in in a number of situations, people have felt like somebody has been bullying them when there was no intention to cause harm, when it's a feature of their personality and a feature of their past history, rather than an actual interchange in that sort of a way. I agree, and so this is where transparency of the process indicates no bullying. Right. Because Uh then like I'm bullied. No, this was the transparency process. You're at stage here. You knew this would happen. They can't be like, oh, I didn't know. It's when the bullies hide it behind. Well, that's what we always did. But she didn't see it coming. Right. It's like that one time your box coach smacks you in the head. Yeah, there's a lesson there, but there was no consent that was going to happen. Is that person being a bully? Maybe one time was part of the journey or maybe that's now a consistent process that happens without knowing the methods of the trainer. That would be the line in the sand between bullying and uh, mental toughening for me personally. Okay. Okay. And there's a distinct line in the sand there. 30 seconds. Just so you know. 30 seconds. Yes. So am I meant to wrap this up? Yeah. Close it up. Close it up. So bullying has taken place. And has been a consistent feature of uh, human existence. However, that doesn't make it okay. There's been lots of really horrible things that have been a consistent (laughs) feature of human existence. So I'm not entirely sure where I'm going with this point. However, the, the distinction for me would have to sit somewhere to do with some in a fairly indistinct place in the middle of what the person's intentions are in and what, how the person who's receiving it feels and the ultimate product of the two. I don't necessarily think there is a simple definition of bullying, but I do think that causing distress is an important part of the uh, of the learning experience, both within martial arts, uh, within self-defense, within the teaching. Uh, I'm learning to be an occupational therapist. I'm in the third year of my degree. We go on placements. You right. have to go and experience stuff that upsets you. You have to sure. go and experience stuff that's difficult because you will experience that within your real life. And the whole idea of training is to prepare you for the things which are actually going to come. I agree with that. All right, we're going to stop the podcast here. We're going to continue this conversation on Final Thoughts. Normally, this is where I would give my guests the chance to promote something. He has nothing to promote. So, right. uh, okay. So uh, I want to do a quick, we have a big surprise announcement for Randy King Live coming up January 8th. We have a huge partnership that just happened. I will tell Robin outside of this, but you don't get to know. Uh, So really, really big stuff. 2020 for Randy King Live is going to be huge. So I highly recommend you jump on the Randy King Live community group. I highly recommend you jump on the Randy King Live fan page, Instagram. Um, Our 2020 is going to be insane. We have a team now. There's a bunch of people proliferating the Randy King Live mantra or whatever it is. So uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, I highly recommend you get on there because there's going to be some presence for people that are on the page before we blow up. So other than that, that's the end of the free podcast. Myself and Robert are going to find we're going to jump over to final thoughts because there's lots we want to unpack here. This is a great conversation. And I think like with most of this, it's another 
uh, fallacy that the middle is always true. But it tends, in these arguments or debates, it tends to be the middle is usually very true. So we're going to jump to final thoughts. Don't forget, please like, share, subscribe. Hit the bell button on YouTube so you know this stuff is coming out. And we will talk to you all soon.